Hi everyone, just a single brief story in this week's News Weekly. I've got a, a severe toothache, which might be a wisdom tooth thing, it feels like. Uh, that plus I'm moving house this week, which has basically left me strapped for time. Next week's News Weekly will be a special Christmas thingy that I've written. It isn't news, but I do hope you find it funny. Uh, then we'll take a brief hiatus until the new year. Also, tickets to my 2023 comedy festival show, Successful Comedian, are now on sale for Perth and Melbourne. You can buy them from thesamishah.com slash shows. Patreon subscribers will get free tickets. As always, Newsweekly is an ad-free listener-supported podcast made possible by supporters like you. Just go to patreon.com slash samishah, that's S-A-M-I-S-H-A-H, to support the podcast. At this point, this intro is actually longer than the episode itself, so here you go. Top story of the week. We learn no lessons from tragedies. All that and no more on Newsweekly. Hello, I'm Sammy Shah, and this is News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly. When will we learn news now? A strange and horrific story out of Queensland this week, where a trio of gun-wielding conspiracy theorists set a trap for police who they then tried to kill, succeeding in taking the life of officers from the small community of Tara. From principal and teacher to police killers, tonight we're learning more about the trio who gunned down two young officers and an innocent neighbour in the Western Downs as an entire state comes to terms with the devastating loss. Now, I'm not going to make jokes about this. It's a tragedy in which three people lost their lives needlessly at the hands of killers who showed clear patterns of being disturbingly violent and paranoid for quite a while. What I am going to point out is that while attacks like this are rare in Australia, they do happen in the rest of the world quite frequently. Whether it's Islamists motivated by jihad, or QAnon spree killers, or even just your garden variety paranoids, we've seen people with access to guns try to kill people to fulfill their unhinged agendas. And what we now know is that how the media talks about them is an important part of motivating not just them, but future killers like them as well. For example, here's forensic psychiatrist Park Dietz, who has consulted and testified in some of the most notorious mass murders and serial killer trials in America, talking about why mass media has to be careful in how it covers these events. Electronic media that have the ability to arouse emotions so powerfully that they can cause someone who has already been paranoid, depressed, a loner, blaming other people for all the problems in his life, mm -hmm. say to himself, yeah, that guy's just like me. I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna kill more than he did. People are gonna remember who I am. Now, of the 10 people watching the coverage who felt that way, only one of them will do it tomorrow. But that's one more than would have happened had there not been that coverage. He's talking about how the news should avoid ascribing motivations to these killers and humanizing them too much. And here's University of Alabama criminologist Adam Langford, who has studied mass killers extensively repeating the same thing. This is learned behavior. 
and the media coverage is is leading more people to learn it and to copy it. The learned behavior being referred to here is fame or notoriety. Mass shooters, spree killers, serial killers, and yes, even your garden variety terrorists want their names known. Which is why psychiatrists and criminologists often prescribe the solution to this problem. Adam Langford again. The best thing would be if you know major media companies came out and said, we're no longer going to publish the names or, or faces of mass shooters. And then the next time a mass shooting happens, which it will, they stuck to that, right? That would send a powerful message. and. Um, and the mass shooters, I think, would start to learn that they can't be rewarded in the way they were in the past. That's the reason why, after the 2019 mass shooting in Christchurch, New Zealand's Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern, refused to say the killer's name. He sought many things from his act of terror, but one was notoriety. And that is why you will never hear me mention his name. He is a terrorist. He is a criminal. He is an extremist. But he will, when I speak, be nameless. New Zealand media followed suit at the time, avoiding using his name wherever possible. Australian media, meanwhile, didn't just continue to use his name at every opportunity, but Sky News Australia even aired the footage of the shooting on repeat so often, the independently owned Sky New Zealand stopped airing its Australian counterpart. Still, that was 2019. Since then, Australian media has had the time to learn from its mistakes and take on the advice of experts everywhere to not magnify the names of the terrorists, their motivations or their attempts at getting attention. Right? Chilling police helicopter audio has been released of the deadly ambush on a remote Queensland property. We are learning more about the conspiracy-crazed family behind the harrowing attack. Eventually killing brothers Nathaniel and Gareth Train and Gareth's wife Stacey Train. We learnt that Stacey was initially the wife of Nathaniel Train before later partnering with Gareth. It's now emerged the three killers were in a bizarre love triangle, with the woman involved leaving one brother for the other. A chilling post online from Gareth Train on previous encounters with police, where he'd asked officers to remove their hands from their weapons, describing them as cowards. At one stage, he even wrote, Australia has been at the forefront of a Luciferian agenda for some time. We'll hear now from the father of the Train brothers to get an insight at what they were like. Good evening. New police radio recordings are providing a chilling insight into the immense danger police officers faced as they engaged in a deadly shootout on a Western Downs property. The offenders, missing man Nathaniel Train, his brother Gareth Train, who owned the property, and Gareth's wife Stacey. Their motive is unclear, but Gareth was reportedly deeply involved with an online conspiracy community posting about his mistrust of police and alternative theories about the Port Arthur massacre. More details are also being revealed about Nathaniel Train, a former school principal. He was reported missing on December 4 in New South Wales by his ex-wife, who Nathaniel had married after separating from Stacey Train years earlier. Good evening. From principal and teacher 
to police killers. Tonight, we're learning more about the trio who gunned down two young officers and an innocent neighbour in the Western Downs. After that divorce, Stacey then entered a relationship with her ex-husband's brother, Gareth. So at this point, we know their names better than we know the names of the police officers killed by them. We know their relationship history and we know what their opinions were online. We also know how they planned the ambush, how they triggered it and how it succeeded largely in part based on their goals. Or in case you might be thinking maybe they were so crazy they didn't have fame or notoriety on their to-do list. This is an image taken from a video of Gareth and Stacey Train uploaded after they'd shot dead two police. So if you're a gun-hoarding conspiracy theorist whose ex-wife is now sleeping with your brother, you just figured out how to get famous in a world where going viral is increasingly the only thing people care about. So, since the media isn't going to help prevent attacks like this, maybe the federal government can at least improve the mental health services people have access to so things like this no longer happen. Well, psychologists say they're bitterly disappointed by the government's decision not to extend extra Medicare repainted sessions next year. <sighs> Just once, it would be nice for us to learn a lesson and improve from it. That's it for this week's edition of News Weekly. Like I said, it's a brief edition. My jaw already hurts a lot from this one. Um, I shall be back next week with a strange but funny, hopefully funny, Christmas story for all of you. And then we'll take a short break until the new year. Thank you so much for sticking around with News Weekly, where we punch the news in the headlines weekly.